I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate 9to5er turned top-producing realtor and coach. Along the way to growing a top 1% attraction-based real estate business, I became obsessed with all things marketing systems, scaling, and social. But it wasn't always easy, and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how to make it happen. So I created the Market Authority Show to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from timeless principles and today's cutting-edge strategies. Here, we always keep it real and never shy away from the topics that you are dying to know more about but can never get a straight answer to. Clients, growth, family balance, failure, and how to navigate an ever-changing real estate industry are just a few of the topics that we're going to tackle together. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on and all are welcome here. So let's dive in. Hello and welcome to this live stream here on our YouTube channel. I am showing up today to walk you through my process to gathering real estate market data. And I'm also going to explain what numbers really matter to look daily, weekly, and monthly at. So I hope that you're excited for this conversation. This is a little bit in the nitty gritty side of things, but it's also really important. And so I think that what I would like to actually do is start off by explaining why it's so important to understand this, this data and how you can actually build a routine out of it so that you can utilize it to better convert your clients regardless of how you're generating leads right now. So if we haven't met yet, my name is Stephanie Lugo. I am a currently producing real estate agent here in the Phoenix area. Always happy to take your referrals, of course. Um, But we've been, my husband and I have been a small but mighty team, a husband and wife duo, We're going on almost eight years now together. And one of the most important habits that we brought up was really just being able to be a student of the real estate market and understanding numbers really well. We've always made it a point to really go all in on this information because we understood that in real estate, homeowners, right, the public, they're making decisions largely based off of emotion. So if you're talking to buyers and sellers, the real estate investment process for them is a very personal life altering decision. And so anytime we are making decisions based off of emotion, our judgment is going to get clouded, we're going to be more thrown off by feelings of uncertainty. And it can be really difficult to establish trust with just about anybody because you're just not really sure who the right voice to listen to is. And so for those reasons, it's really important to have the right data at your fingertips that you can share to help bring people more to the logical side of decision making so that you can ultimately help guide them to where they want to go. And that's why it's so important to understand real estate data, right? Because anytime you get hit with an objection, or if a buyer or seller is just on the fence, and it's really hard to get them to make a commitment one way or another, we can use data to help combat some of the objections that they might have, or some of the limiting beliefs that are holding them back in that instance, right? So for example, I was recently talking to a client who's just perched right up on that fence because they they need to sell their home before they buy a new one. They recognize at some point in the near future, they're going to need more space because their family has grown recently. 
but they don't have to move right now. And it's really important for them to feel comfortable on that journey for when they do ultimately end up making that decision to move forward with selling and buying. Like it's a big deal. They're uprooting a family of five. They're not going to make that decision lightly. And in a conversation I was having with the wife who also is a friend of mine, uh, they've been, you know, a part of our sphere for years and years she was saying, well, you know what, honestly, it's just really hard to stomach the idea of buying at the top of the market right now. Even if we're selling at the market, why at the top of the market, why would we want to buy? And because I'm so up and up on the market data, I was able to immediately say, well, you're not at the top of the market anymore. We hit the peak in pricing in our area back in June. Your area is down $30,000 month over month in, in average price per square foot. And it was a pattern interrupt. And what it allowed me to do was just like say, hey, 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 you're telling yourself a story that is not actually rooted in reality. It's not true. And, and here's the numbers to back that up. And you can do that from a place of kindness and compassion that ultimately leads them to feeling more empowered in their decision making. That is the real benefit of understanding market data. The other benefit is really you should just know this because this is your job, right? And so as a real estate agent, if you are going to be an authority in your markets, and if you're going to be making helping, helping people make decisions in any part of the homeownership cycle, you need to understand these numbers and you need to be able to take it a step further and explain how and why it's relevant to the public. If you can do that, you are going to be more professional, you're going to provide more well-rounded and more sound advice, and you are going to be more respected by your peers and your clients because you just know your stuff, right? It's the difference between just kind of winging it and showing up prepared with all the information that you need to help individuals make really important decisions. So all that to say this stuff really matters, but you know, that's, that's one thing. Understanding that it's important is one thing. How do we actually create a routine out of it? Where do you find that data and what numbers are we looking for? So let's get into that. Now for me, every single day, the first thing that I'm doing is pulling up my market data and it literally takes me 10 or 15 minutes, not even. Um, and it's just a really good way to get my mind in the game, understand what might be happening in my area and just arm myself with a little bit of information so that once I do start having conversations with buyers and sellers, I actually have something to talk about, right? Like there's there's some talking points because inevitably any conversation that you have is likely going to turn around to real estate, you know, whether it starts off as real estate or whether you're just asked how business is going, how's the market, you want to be able to have something to talk about in real estate data is an easy way to begin with that. So for, for me, being in Phoenix, Arizona, we just happened to be in a real estate market, like a local market that has access to extraordinary data. So I get all of my data from the Cromford Report. This is specific to my area. So if you're on the other side of the country or in another state, this is not going to be an option for you. But if you are in Arizona, you really ought to be subscribing to the Cromford Report. It's kind of expensive. It's a, couple, it's a couple hundred bucks a year at least, um, but I've been a subscriber for years and years and there's just nothing beats being able to have daily commentary and market data delivered to me every single day. And so if you are in an area that either has access to the Cromford Report um, or has something similar, you need to look at this as the cost of doing business and pay whatever it is that you need to pay to get access to it. 
Now, if that is not available to you, you can be pulling a lot of these numbers through your MLS. So your MLS boards are doing reporting because they have the data. They're the ones providing it to you. So most MLS boards, you're paying dues to, to have access to the MLS, but they're also providing other sort other resources like giving you monthly market reports, updates. You might not have like daily commentary that I have, but we can do daily stuff that I'll talk about in a minute. But that's also gonna help just take a lot of the legwork out of it. So I would check with your MLS boards first. The second place that I would check with after that are your local and state associations. So if you are a part of NAR, um, the National Association of Realtors, you also pay dues to be part of your state association and a local or regional association. So for example, I am part of Scottsdale Association of Realtors, top 40, under 40, um, just side note, and also uh, part of Arizona Association of Realtors. Now, Phoenix and Scottsdale both do a really good job, those associations of delivering data every single month. Um, and, and sometimes even on a quarterly basis, which is really nice to get those high level looks too. If you want to look at their websites, go check out and see what they have. But you might find, depending regionally where you are, that they're really slow to put this stuff up. And the reason they're really slow is because realtors like you who are paying them money are not providing pressure and telling them that this is important to you. So you as a member of this association, you need to be we, you need to be applying pressure to your association to be fulfilling what they're offering as part of the dues that you're paying. Right. So like I would check with them for sure. See what you can get access to. And if you pull up a tab on their website, just look on their website. And if you see monthly market data or, or monthly market report or whatever, if you see a tab that hasn't been updated in three, six, 12, 24 months, you need to be applying pressure. You need to be trying to get on the board of that association. You need to be looking for leadership positions there. You need to be sending emails, calling. You need to tell them that they need to be updating this because you're paying for it as part of your dues. Now, finally, the last thing that we can be doing is just literally going to Google, right? So like Google, YouTube, I, 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 it's actually really frustrating to me when agents come to me saying, but I don't know how to find market data. And I say, you do, it, it's Google, like just Google it. If you have never Googled, you know, Norfolk, Virginia market update, like why, why are you even asking? You need to be going out and being resourceful and trying to find this information, right? This is part of your job. This is part of your business. And so that's, you know, that's just one thing that that you could be doing is looking up on YouTube to see if people in your area happen to be tracking this and sharing it for free. Same thing on Google. And then if all else fails, <laughs> the, the sites that we all love to hate, realtor.com, Zillow, their whole business is data. Their whole business is knowing and collecting these numbers. And so you can actually go onto realtor.com, for example. And if you go to the buy tab on their website, you can actually search for local market updates by zip code, by subdivision, by neighborhood, by city, by state. They make it really easy for the consumers and for us to go and just utilize their data, right? So you can do a lot of that stuff too, which you should be doing. Um, so, so that would be the first thing. What you want to do is just go and find two or three sources that you know you're going to be able to rely on to find numbers that are updated relatively frequently, 
right? So I'm talking monthly at the minimum, but there are ways that we can find more current information even more quickly. So like, for example, the reason why it's so important to have market data that's updated more than like quarterly or monthly is because we hit our peak pricing in May. And then every month since May, like the end of May, every month since May, our average sales price has dropped more than 5%. That is extremely quick of a market shift. And the numbers that we are seeing here in my Phoenix area are absolutely unprecedented. Like the, the speed at which we have seen a shift in the market was completely unpredictable. And if I had not been on top of the, the numbers, like some of my colleagues have not been in my area, I would have really been missing the mark with pricing some of our listings or helping guide our buyers to making really great decisions, right? So this is why like when things are shifting so rapidly as they are now, and if things aren't shifting in your area, they, they will, it's coming, <laughs> then, then you need to make sure that, that you're at least prepared to catch it once it does happen. So we covered why you should be tracking your market data. We then talked about how. Let's talk about what numbers to actually look like, look at. And I have, of course, some notes pulled up on my screen here since I am live. I do have um, a, a couple of tabs open just with, with some of my notes. The one thing that we do every single day, just as part of this routine, is I pull up my MLS. And I just want to get like a really good barometer of how many active listings, single family homes are on the MLS every single day. And you'll see this number fluctuate. And as you start to look at this every single day, or at least Monday through Friday, you're going to start to get an understanding of a couple of patterns in your area. So for example, after tracking this, we found that Thursdays are the most common listing day in a normal market, right? So we're able to talk to our buyers about that. Like, listen, you know, if we haven't seen anything come up you know, lately in the last couple of days, listings tend to hit the market most often on Thursdays. Let's look on Thursday and Friday and see what's new on the market. And then we can use that information to schedule our showings for the weekend. Just being able to say something like that from a place of authority really helps establish trust to a client because they're like, oh, okay, they have an understanding of what's happening here. It's not just on me to be looking at Zillow or in my MLS portal, right? The other thing that you'll learn is how inventory fluctuates in your area seasonally. So for example, we just know that just from our research that a balanced market in the Phoenix area is somewhere between 24,000 actively listing ho listed homes and 30,000 actively listed homes, single family. And so somewhere in that area is balanced for us, depending on how much demand there is. And we saw a low of just over 4,000 active listings in our area in March. That was the low, low of inventory. And we're now all the way closer up to 18,000 active, list, active listings, um, which is totally insane. But being able to describe that to someone who's wondering how the market is impacting their ability to buy or sell is really valuable because we could just say like, look, we've been tracking this every single day. This is how drastic that market has swung. It has never happened like that ever, ever, right? And just being able to say that from a place of authority, again, lots of value there. So we're always looking at the active listings. We're pulling those up, including and excluding pending and UCB. 
every single day. That's something that you can do right in your MLS. You don't even need any other subscription to do that. The other thing that we're looking um, at often is the average sales price per square foot on the monthly average and the annual average, right? So for example, when I looked it up this morning, this is what's going to help you understand your annual appreciation rate, right? So a lot of times people get the annual appreciation rate from something like keeping current matters or on a national level. You need to understand in your MLS what the appreciation rate is actually doing. And by tracking your average sales price per square foot on a monthly basis, that's going to help you do that. And so, for example, our area, um, the annual average as of today over the last 12 months um, is almost 24%, which to all eyes, that sounds like a crazy seller's market, right? But on a monthly average, that's dropped down to just about 14%. So we're already about on a monthly basis, 10% behind what we were seeing over the last year on average, which is really important to help buyers know so that they understand that it's like not the top of the market anymore. And I do see a few of you who are here joining with me live um, here on YouTube. So if you have any questions that I can answer for you live, go ahead and throw them in the chat. I'm happy to talk about that with you. Now, the other thing that we're looking at is inventory. And inventory is delivered through us via the Cromford Report, but you can also find this for example, I just did some tests and I saw it on realtor.com when I looked that up on their market page. Um, you can find this from your MLS uh, if they're delivering reporting. Same thing with your associations. Inventory does fluctuate daily, but it's mostly going to be delivered and consolidated on a monthly basis, but it can change really rapidly. So for example, we saw inventory shift super, super quickly um, in, in June. So there was just this flood of sellers that hit the market because they noticed that interest rates were going up. Their agents were probably telling them, Hey, we probably missed the mark. We're past the peak of pricing. If you want to sell, you need to do it now. That happened so quickly that inventory just completely flooded and it changed really drastically. So sometimes that number is going to change um, really rapidly on a daily or weekly basis, but you at least need to know it on a monthly basis. Um, so for us, we're looking at inventory, including uh, pending and UCB and excluding pending and UCB for the last 30 days. Um, so for example, right now, I'm just looking at it now, our days of inventory is 73. And so what that means and that's including UCBs. Um, excluding UCBs, it's a little lower at 63. But what that means is that today, if no other homes hit the market after today and demand remained at the same level, we would run out of all homes on the market in about 73 days, including all pending and active listings on the market or UCBs. And so when we were in the height of the spring frenzy, that number was in single digits. All right. So the fact that we now have, you know, more almost almost three months of inventory on the market, a little less than that, after having been in the single digits for so long, that's really, really crazy. And that is another thing that we can just utilize to help our clients. And by the way, if you are looking for the actual formula for that. It is days in the last year times active listings divided by annual sales. Just a really important thing to understand. Okay. So we covered 
actively listed homes. We covered um, the sales price per square foot, which is really helpful to understand. And it's helpful to understand how quickly appreciation is rising or dropping, plus whether or not you're currently at or near the peak and the level of inventory. I've got two more numbers that I really want to share with you. There's a couple more numbers that really matter, I think. The one that I want to talk about now is the listing success rate. And so the listing success rate is how many listings on the market ultimately end up selling at the time of that listing with that agent while they're active, right? Um, well, let's see, about three to six months ago, that number in my area was actually really high. It was around 94%, which is extraordinarily high. Like that's totally crazy. Now we're a little below 90%, which is crazy. And so what that's showing us is a lot of sellers are actually opting to pull their homes off the market and go to expired and canceled. And so this is important because if you have been receiving a lot of coaching that says, oh, just go get expired listings, go get canceled listings. You couldn't do that the last couple of years. That was really poor advice because the rate of that actually happening was really, really low. But now as we start to see that happening, that's going to give us a clue of like, okay, maybe this is an opportunity. If you're into that kind of thing, I'm not, but maybe that's an opportunity that you can start looking at <laughs> to start finding some of those, some of those leads, maybe you door knock them, maybe you cold call them again, not my style. I don't do that kind of thing, but maybe you want to try. Um, and then from there you can kind of decide, you know, what you want to do with that information. But it's also really helpful to talk about that to sellers because it shows how competitive it is, right? So if there's really so many options on the market that some sellers are being completely overlooked for their home, maybe because of condition or price, or, you know, if things are just changing so rapidly for their, for their circumstances that they choose not to sell at all. Like that's something that's really important to know and to be able to explain if you're at a listing appointment. Now, the last number that I really want to share here with you is the list to sale price ratio. This is going to be consolidated on a monthly basis. What the list to sale price ratio is, is what is the percentage that a home is selling for versus what they had originally listed for? Meaning, are they selling for over list price or under list price? Obviously, this is really important to know. And so at Peak Frenzy for us, the list to sales price ratio, like that's measured in percentage points. That was about 101.4% in my area, meaning overwhelmingly so many homes were going over list price and for an extreme amount over list price that it was pulling the entire ratio over a 101%. That's extremely significant. That has never happened before. That's really crazy. And so 101.4%, um, about three or four months ago, now, now that's down to like 99%, 98% in some areas, meaning so many more homes are taking price reductions, they're cutting, um, they're, they're negotiating their listing, they're adjusting their expectations after they hit the market. I will also say that because that had started happening over the summer already, we're probably going to see that number slow down as the rest of the market kind of catches up and sellers are a little bit more reasonable when they hit the market with their list price. But again, that's something important to be telling sellers. So if you're at the listing table, you can pull that number up over the last month and you could say, look, in this zip code, the list to sale price ratio is 99%. 
And what that means, it's actually really significant. That means that overwhelmingly most homes, some way or another, they are actually going to have at least one price reduction while they're on the market. And so I don't want that to happen to us. I want us to get the pricing right the first time. That's why we have to be really smart in how we're pricing this listing. But if the market continues to shift away from the favor of sellers, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, let's talk about what that pricing game plan is going to look like once we hit the market so that we're ready and we're responsive to what we're hearing from the real estate market once we list right? Like you can have this conversation and it's not about you just wanting to get the home sold. It's about, Hey, look at the data. Let's look at these numbers together and come up with a solution together that you feel really good about. That's going to help lead to the best scenario for you. Instead of like, Oh, this agent just wants to get a commission. This agent just wants to sell the listing. They're not marketing it hard enough. No, no, no. Look, this is what's happening on a basis of the zip code monthly basis, right? Like it just gives you a little bit more a little bit more uh, to bargain from, if that makes sense. So let's recap those numbers we talked about. And this is a long chat, you guys. So I hope that this was really helpful for you. Please let me know if it was. We talked about the number of actively listed homes, we including and excluding pending. We talked about the average or the monthly average sales price per square foot. We talked about how that kind of ties into, we talked about how that kind of ties into your annual appreciation rate, all of that good stuff. We also talked about your day's inventory, the success rate of listings, and then finally the list to sale price ratio. Now those are just a couple, right? Those are just just like the the scratching the surface. But as you begin becoming more comfortable here, you're going to be able to speak from more authority, right? So like you might look at these numbers now and be like, I don't even know. I have no idea what any of this means. That doesn't mean that you just ignore it because it's hard. That means you have to master this, but you've got to start somewhere. So start small. And then we can start look at looking at what other numbers might matter. Um, now, somebody asked in the comments here, just as I'm looking Someone asked, let's see, um, do you prefer to look at average or median? Honestly, I just look at average. Um, it's just the average sales price, um, either for this year or for this month. Median is going to cut out a lot of those like um, crazy outliers, which you know can be helpful. But just from a generalized standpoint, unless I'm speaking to somebody very specific about a very specific kind of home, our area, just the majority of our listings are selling between 400,000 and 800,000. That's the highest sales volume happening, right? So most of that is going to be reflective in the average sales price. And if I need to get deeper, then I can. Um, but it's it's basically just going to, if you're looking at the median sales price, it's going to be able to um, show you that price point that separates the higher half of the sales price from the lower half. Right. So so that's that's helpful. It is going to be substantially lower than the average price of monthly sales or, you know, for example, just since a lot of those larger expensive homes have little impact on the median, but a large impact on the average. In my area, it's just not quite as impactful to know that unless I'm speaking to a specific person. But 
when I'm just trying to say for broad swaths, like just trying to show from a marketing perspective, if I'm posting on TikTok or Instagram, really I go for average because that's that's going to be a little bit more broad and people are going to understand that better. But again, I'm not in a market like LA where we have like $30 million home selling. That's just not happening in my area. Um, so even though we have seen a lot of strength in the higher end market, it's not so much that it skews our numbers so drastically to where we're not going to be able to speak from a place of knowledge, if that makes sense. I hope that helps. Most areas, average is totally fine and it's a lot easier. Oh my gosh, you guys, that was so much information. <laughs> I hope that this was super helpful for you. So I'm going to go ahead and share this, this broadcast right here on YouTube. I'm also going to pull the audio onto the podcast as well. So if you would like to listen to this in a different format another time, or maybe if you missed the beginning of this broadcast, that's totally cool. I'll make sure to have these formats available to you. And also I will have this embedded on my website once we get it up. And I'm going to include the, the exact, uh, data points that we talked about and definitions of those as well as a couple of links on where you can find market data too. So just give me some time um, to format this and make sure that I have all the information available to you. I want to make sure that this is a resource and helpful to your business. Um, and by the way, like we've got a lot of stuff coming on in, you know, that we are planning for this channel and for market authority in general. So I am obsessed with helping real estate agents grow and expand their businesses and learn these skills that help them do that. So please be sure to hit subscribe to this channel if you have not yet <clears throat> so that we can stay in touch and that you don't miss any other awesome videos just like this. Hope that this was super helpful. Till next time, keep on crushing it. Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to themarketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.